You're traveling through another dimension. A dimension comprised of knowledge, opinions, and entertainment. A journey on a virtual information highway into a wondrous land whose boundaries are more distant than the outer reaches of the Twitter sphere. Your next stop, the Trend Zone. We're not the suits that talk football, we're the dudes that know football. And you've just crossed over into the Trend Zone. Dave here with Casey, and we are the football dudes. Are you ready, brother? Hold on, I need a sip of coffee first. (laughs) (laughs) Now I'm ready. Now I'm ready. (laughs) All caffeined up. Next (laughs) stop, the Trend Zone. Uh, In today's episode, we'll talk about some serious trades Winds are blowing as we approach the trade deadline. We'll talk about some new digs for some of the teams around town. And we'll talk, of course, about some serious injuries on the injury front. We'll also hit some fantasy go-back starts, a little survivor. And, of course, we will talk about all of the awesome games coming up in this week in the NFL. But before all of that good stuff, Casey, what about a tasty nug for the people? Uh, yeah, break it off. Here we go. There have been 83 <laughs> games within one score. That's eight points in the fourth quarter this season. That's the most through seven weeks in NFL history. These games are close, bro. Yeah, and 63 games decided by one score. That's the most through seven weeks all time. Wow. And 34 games, Dave, in which a team has come back to win or tie after trailing in the fourth quarter. Man. Just because you jump out to a big lead doesn't mean you got it at the end, dude. These games are crazy right until the last whistle. No question. All right, folks. This is the Trend Zone, available for subscription on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts. Let's head on over to the top trending stories in Casey. Everyone saw this coming, right? How about the NFC beast the nfc east this season getting it done that's right from least to beast the nfc east dude win percentage of 741 20 wins and seven losses the highest winning percentage by a single division through the first seven weeks of a season since 2002 suck it cookie he was talking all his jibba jab about the afc east nah bro (laughs) nfc east yeah and how about pre before the season started it was all about the afc west man oh yeah talk about all the experts (laughs) they sure know what they're talking about right casey all right absolutely how about the new york connection though giants and jets have each won their first four games in the month of october that's the first time both clubs have won been on a four game winning streak at the same time since 2008 that's halfway through the season, week 8 through 12 of 2008, since both teams put together a streak like that. Wow. Drying up some of those Yankees and Mets tears for all the baseball <laughs> peoples. Nice. Trade wins are blowing, Casey, as I mentioned. And wow, a big blockbuster one. Uh, get it started with the Niners, yeah. bro. Last week, as soon as we finished the show, we're watching the game on Thursday night. Zoinks. We see McCaffrey to the 49ers, dude. Blew our mind. They're sending a second, third, and fourth round pick in next year's draft plus a 2024 uh, fifth-round pick to the Panthers. And, uh, you know, this is – I think this is a great fit for the 49ers. You know, Shanahan was out in the woodshed drinking his Red Bulls, drawing up all kinds of new plays for (laughs) McCaffrey. Um, We thought that there might be a a wholesale – every Panther getting blowed out. That's not the case right now. So far, it's just McCaffrey. Mm -hmm. They're listening, but they haven't gotten anything they like for uh, Burns or DJ Moore yet. But, um, you know, the 49ers just owe Christian McCaffrey under $700,000 for this season. Next season, 12 mil, 12 mil and 24 and 12 mil and 25. So um, it's getting a little pricey up there, but this, I think, puts them right to the top 
uh, the NFC in uh, contenders. Yeah, and it's weird from from my perspective, Casey, just because it always just seemed like in Shanahan's offense, you can plug in a guy like they did last year when they plugged in the sixth rounder, uh, uh, Mitchell, and he, yeah. he went crazy for big yards before that. He made most start into Mostert into a big time player. Um, but this is the opposite approach where you're really, really paying premium for that position. I think of him maybe uh, if him more like uh, positionless, sort of like another Debo Samuel on the yeah. field where you can put in all kinds of different positions. And that makes um, me think, uh oh, Shanahan's working some crazy magic, some hocus pocus in the behind the scenes, like you're saying, drawing up some plays and what the heck's going to come next. I don't know. And totally, you know, also maybe it was when they heard the Rams might be jumping out there to do something ah, with yeah. McCaffrey. They said, oh, wait a second. We better get in this thing. And from the Panthers perspective, hey, you know what? This season's a wash. And that is a nice, nice return for a player uh, that by the time you get good um, is going to be farther along in his career yeah. and very, very more, much more expensive. But Casey, they weren't the only ones getting it done on the trade market. The Jets got in the action, too. Yeah, Breeze Hall goes down with the torn ACL last week. So um, the Jets reach out and get James Robinson um, from the Jacksonville Jaguars for a conditional sixth-round pick in 23, which becomes a fifth if he hits uh, 600 rushing yards, which he might. I like this one a lot, dude. I like Michael Carter over there. We saw what Breeze Hall was doing. James Robinson kind of getting buried with Etienne coming back healthy. So, um Shit, who thought that the Jets would be four and two right now? So, right. you know. And really, the, the price tag on this one's very, very. Nothing. Uh, yeah, that, that, you do that in a heartbeat if you're the Jets. I'm sorry, I'm surprised at, at what a great deal they got for a guy uh, that wasn't really in the plans uh, for the Jags there. And a, certainly a position of need with the loss of Brees Hall. This is not Brees Hall, but what, what, what Paul was doing was very, very exciting. So that's a shame. But, hey, Carter and Robinson, nice yeah. combination. Casey Jarrah won't be left out uh, of the trade market either, though. You know that, right? Heck no, baby. (laughs) And we needed a a big, ugly up front. Jonathan Hankins going to the Cowboys. Um, We get Hankins and a seventh-round pick from the Las Vegas Raiders for a sixth-round pick. So that's a pretty good deal for us. And, uh, you know, if there's a deficiency on the Cowboys this year, it's been stopping the run. Um, they've had some struggles with it. So you got a big, ugly up front, 340 pounds, play right over that center. So hopefully that sh- helps them sure up the uh, the run defense. And um, I think it's a great pickup for the Cowboys. Yeah, and again, like risk. you said, the, the cost versus the, you know, it's a very minimal risk uh, reward scenario. Okay, Casey, here's another one. The Bears, man. This this looks like a pretty interesting pick. Uh, trade, yeah, trade that is. The Bears send Robert Quinn to the Philadelphia Eagles. I don't like seeing this guy back in the division. You know, they lost Derek uh, Barnett to injury early on. So they're hoping Quinn come in and fill that void. He is 32 years old, mm-hmm. um, but he's been very productive wherever he's been. Not so much this year, but he'll have a limited role uh, with Philly. Won't have to be out there all three downs. Pass rushing specialist. Um, a great guy in the locker room and out the field. So um, we'll see you know, what his fit ultimately is there with the Eagles. But I think that's a really good pickup, too. Yeah, 32 years, maybe on the backside of the career. Last year, obviously, I think he had something like 19 and a half sacks. But that's when he had Khalil Mack on the other side of him there in Chicago. But, hey, they've got some defensive players to put around him uh, in this situation in Philly. So he could suddenly find himself uh, really excelling there. And that would be uh, something that would be very interesting to see. 
All right, Casey, it it continues with the Dave, Kansas we still have almost a, a week left until the trade deadline. This is awesome. You never see this in the NFL. I know. It's nuts, right? Kansas City Chiefs get in on the fun. Yeah, they um, send uh, a 23 third and sixth round picks to the New York Giants for disgruntled receiver Kadarius Toney. Now, if you look on his socials, you see that maybe it's not a hamstring that's kept him out. Obviously, uh, Dable's changing the culture there. I guess this guy didn't fit, but man, wow. he's going to fit in nicely with these Chiefs. Cheetah 2.0. This guy is lightning fast, just not been able to stay on the field. If he can, I think uh, Andy Reid can get him in this offense lickety split, dude. This is exciting. And they have this bye week to get him acclimated. Yeah, I mean, it seems like a, a, a potentially a great deal for the Chiefs. He, he has really significantly underperformed. I mean, as a rookie, he was pretty good. This year, he has hardly done anything. Uh, but it's to me, from the Chiefs' perspective, you know, they did acquire a handful of free agents in MVS and um, uh, Juju. Juju, thank Juju. you. Right. And then also drafted very high. Uh, you know, maybe early Sky in the Moore. second round, Sky Moore. Uh, so this is maybe an indictment on what they thought they had there, um, but, or maybe replacing the cheetah is more difficult than one would have assumed. Although the Chiefs, you wouldn't notice it from yeah. the, from the points they're <laughs> they've been having up. trouble scoring. <laughs> <laughs> that's the case. But um, you know, an interesting treat. But I mean, I think if you can get a guy that's really performs like the twentieth overall pick, and you get him for a third and a sixth round pick. That's a freaking great deal, right? Absolutely. And it, it, the Chiefs always seem to have their eye uh, on, you know, the, the personnel, and they always seem to do a great job. Casey, another uh, off of the trades, but into another um, area here, and it's the Colts um, benching of Matt Ryan. Talk about this, dude. This is this to me is a little bit of a shock. Yeah, it was a little shock to Matty Eyes too. He's been iced out coming in. Is <laughs> Sam Ellinger? Uh, he's going to be the quarterback going for wow. the rest of the season. Nick Foles back him up. But I really liked what I saw out of Ellinger in the preseason, um, you know, played a ton of college ball at a major university, Texas blue, but I, I don't have to hate him anymore. Cause now he's in the NFL. Like I said, I really liked what I saw out of him in the preseason. And this is kind of twofold. The Colts not doing exactly what they want. They've really been struggling on offense. You got to see what you got in this guy. Otherwise, are you jumping up there to try to get one of these quarterbacks coming out uh, in yeah. the draft? Uh, after this year. And also Matt Ryan was owed a ton of money. And then if he got hurt, he was owed a buttload of money. So yeah. um, it's kind of twofold there with these uh, Colts. Yeah. And for me, Casey, it obviously, you know, I don't know that it, it's going to be like, wow, suddenly Sam Ellinger uh, takes them to the promised land this season. So I, I understand what you're saying. They, they need to know what they have with him. Um, I'm just surprised they pulled the trigger on Matt Ryan this soon and this season. We're not halfway through the season yet. Mm -hmm. They're not out of the playoff. Three, three and mix. one. They're right, right in the mix. So I don't. To me, it's it, this smells of uh, Ursay, uh, you know, an ownership over, you know, just over involved in the activities here in the decision making. You let the football guys make the football decisions. We'll see how this works out. But I don't know. I mean, out right now, if I want to win some football games, I have Matt Ryan playing, even though he did look, you know, pretty sluggish in there at times. And he's he's had some really very poor games. No question about it. But again, uh, wow, that's all I got to say. I would think he gives you the better chance to win for the remainder of the season in a season that that division is actually quite wide open uh, and a playoff spot sitting there, too. Well, if you're also looking at 
in this division, do the Texans need a quarterback? You know, do the, the Colts need a quarterback? Do the football teams need a quarterback? You know, there's there's going to be a lot of competition for those top two guys up there. So I don't know if I would sacrifice the season to find out if I'm going to need one too, but I don't yeah. feel like that's what's happening with Ellinger. He's obviously not been a league MVP. He's not taking a team to the Super Bowl, but right. he's definitely going to get a shot. So it'll be interesting to watch how this progresses. 3-3-1 three, three, and one right now in the mix. Let's revisit this after week 18. All right. Also, Casey, good news for the Bills. Uh, they released renderings of a new stadium. Looks pretty good, too. Yeah, man. Get online if you haven't seen this yet. It's a pretty dope stadium. The Bills are way overdue with this, and they're not the only ones. Um, the Titans are looking to get a new stadium, too. The renderings of that one are out there. So slick, modern, baby. You got to have one of these newfangled um, stadiums if you want to dream of having a Super Bowl. Could you imagine a Super Bowl in Buffalo? Oh, no. <laughs> Might be a little chilly, but think of just the mafia breaking those tables in the parking lot leading up to this thing. Yeah. Pretty epic. I think it's going to be righteous, though. No question about that, man. All right, Casey, moving along to the bummer part of the show. There have been... Uh, an inordinate amount of injuries. It always seems like there's more injuries every year than ever before, but there's been plenty this year. Yeah, Brees Hall goes down with the ACL. Total bummer uh, for those Jets. Both Metcalf and Lockett um, with injuries. I'm not sure if either one of those guys are going to play. Pete Carroll came out and said, maybe it's time we start looking at getting grass in all of these stadiums. I think that will be something that the NFL looks at moving forward. Um, those weren't the only people that got hurt in that game at the SoFi last week. Yeah, unfortunately, J.C. Jackson, the mega $82.5 million uh, free agent acquisition for the Chargers, Torres Patella on, uh, in that game as he gave up another touchdown there. That um, that was really, really disappointing. Obviously, adding insult, uh, uh, injury to insult in that game. Mike Williams finishes the game with a high ankle sprain. That means Chargers have lost four of their top five receivers for the majority of the season so far at this point. Guyton out with an ACL permanently. Palmer's had a concussion. Keenan Allen's been out with a hamstring. He only played 14 plays last week. Other than that, since the first quarter of the first or second quarter of the first game, uh, Donald Parham also with a concussion and uh, also um, uh, Kelly, the running back with a knee. Other than that, though, plenty healthy. Good thing the Chargers are on their bye. But I... But I digress extensively, Casey. There were other people that suffered injuries, too, apparently. Yeah, just coming up today, it was announced Jamar Chase is out four to six weeks, man, just as him and Joey B were hitting, uh, starting to hit that nice. smoke there. Evan Neal, the tackle for the Giants, he's questionable. A.J. Terrell, he's questionable for this weekend for the Falcons. Tannehill's got a sprained ankle, but it looks like he's going to play David Njoku out for the Browns. Elijah Vera Tucker out for the Jets. And that's for the Kate season. Dobbins, uh, yeah, out yeah. for four to six weeks. And uh, for the Thursday night game, I know you're listening to this podcast and running right over to the uh, football game, but your <laughs> defensive tackle, Akeem Hicks, has been yeah. ruled out a Thursday night football. Brutality, dude. I'm just glad I'm not seeing too many Cowboys on there. Although Zeke, probably not going to play this weekend. And we lost Jordan Lewis, but we'll get to that when we talk about the games in a little bit. All right, Casey, moving on to the survivor slash three strikes pool. Uh, we just have a couple of contestants left in ours. Uh, all of them have two strikes at this point in time. How did you do? I died, Dave. I picked oh. the stupid. You know, I try to stay away from the most uh, popular picks, and I did not the last two weeks, and it's really sizzled me. 
I had the Patriots beating the Chicago Bears, and I should have known the ghost of Papa Bear Hallis would not let Bill Belichick pass him in career wins versus his beloved Bears on a Monday night. I went with uh, the Patriots, and it killed me. I am done. I am free from the three strikes, Dave. Free at last, brother. <laughs> it's, a, it's a little relief, isn't it, Casey? Yeah, it is. I'm still clinging to the hope. Although, I also took a strike as I took Tampa Bay over Carolina. And, well, uh, wouldn't you? Yeah, it's only uh, fired their coach, traded their best player, and also working a third-string quarterback into the mix there. Of course, they destroy uh, Tom Brady and get the Bucks. Casey, between your loss with the New England uh, going down to Chicago and the Bucks going down to the Panthers, that equaled more than 50% of the contestants in Yahoo's Survivor. So, wow, it was a massacre over the weekend, dude. You know, and I was looking at it, I was like, oh, I like the Raiders over the Texans. I was like, if I'm going out there, I'm going out with Tom Brady. Should have went with those stupid Raiders. Or I could have just gone with my Cowboys, the most popular correct pick, dude. That was It was just that easy. But the most popular um, correct pick or pick heading into next week is the battle for Pennsylvania. The Philadelphia Eagles over the Pittsburgh Steelers, about 30%. Oof, and I regret to suggest that I may be leaning too that one. Ooh, boy. Do it. <laughs> Our fantasy Eagles, go baby. back starts of the week, Casey. It was a football dudes battle last week. How'd you do with your fantasy go backs? Dude, just like the NFL, man. I got crushed by a one and four team. I was riding high. <laughs> one and five, strike. Casey. Oh, one and five. <laughs> Zapped me, electrocuted me, hit me with my fourth straight loss, but there was nothing I could do with buys and injuries. So, um, I would have lost. My my deck was as stacked as it could have been. Yeah, I was very fortunate, Casey, as uh, we both lost significant players throughout the course of the day as well. Um, and it wasn't like a, a barn burner by any stretch of the imagination, but I eked out a win. I kind of feel like that's the momentum. That's the, the turning point of my season. I'm heading to the playoffs oh, now, Casey. At my expense. Thanks yeah. a lot. Appreciate yeah. that. I'll Stepping see you over the, the foul boys on my way. <laughs> what is that? Oh, there's a piece of grass under there. I'm on my way to the playoffs now. Two and five. That's one Ooh. in a row. <laughs> All right, Casey. Coming up, it's total fantasy domination. Talk about the quarterback. Dude, it seems like it's in, in this cat the last few weeks. Joe Burrow for those Los Burris Locos. 481 pass yards, three passing touchdowns, 20 rush yards, and a rushing TD. Muy bien. Yeah. That is a sick performance by Burrow, dude. But talking about Josh Josh Jacobs at the running back dude. position, he's been lighting it up the last handful of weeks too, man. The Dick Sam Pornos have uh, him on the roster, and he, he cashed in on 143 yards and three rushing TDs, also grabbed uh, 12 yards receiving. That wasn't it for the Pornhos, dude. Jamar Chase, 130 receiving yards and two receiving touchdowns. Wow, and at tight end, it was George Kittle for the dawn of the donkeys. And they, he uh, grabbed 98 yards and a receiving touchdown for Kittle. Nice. Casey, moving along to reality. No, it's still fantasy. It is the waiver wire pickups, though, for this week. Who do you got on the quarterback area? Yeah, if he's still out there in your league, why don't you check out Daniel Jones? He's not lighting it up through the air, but he's making up for it with those legs. So Daniel Jones and Kirk Cousins floating out there, too. That's a nice pickup if you need to stream somebody or just need to change the signal caller. 
Yeah, I've got, uh, I'm taking your advice, Casey. I did Daniel Jones in this league and Kirk Cousins, my other league, and I'm still waiting to see if I can get Tua, maybe. Uh, at the running back position, how about Khalil Herbert? He really seems to have taken over as the main dude there in Chi-Town. And Antonio Gibson still uh, putting up good numbers there. Michael Carter, in the absence of Brees Hall, uh, is also a guy that you might want to consider, even though they did just acquire a new guy. Yeah, and the Jets... Uh... Braxton Berrios has been kind of doing a whole lot of stuff for them, getting some end around some jet sweeps and some receiving yards. He's a nice little pickup there. And if the uh, trade talks for Brandon Cooks are for real, pick up Nico Collins now. Do it this week if you have a roster spot for him. Nice. How about tight end? Will Disley, man. It's a surprise he's been sitting out there as long as he has. And also Juwan Johnson, guys that are uh, that you would strongly consider. That Juwan Johnson has been putting up big uh, big numbers as well. Yeah. All right, Casey, let's get it started with the game previews. Um, but do you have a little trivia stat for us, Casey? If you Yeah, if you dude, this is, a, this is a historical nug. You put this one away, forgot where you put it, and then, you know, 15 <laughs> years later, you find it still sitting there in your pocket. It was October 28, 2007, Dave, when the New York football giants defeated the Miami Dolphins 13-10. Why is that a big deal? Well, because it was at Wembley Stadium in London. That was the first regular season game played in London and the first regular season game played outside of North America. How times have changed, my friend. Getting a lot of those these days, Casey. Now let's let's get into the actual games, Casey. Let's take a look at all the games coming up in week eight. Wait, week eight? It's slipping away. All right, on a bye this week is the Chiefs and my Chargers, and they do certainly need it to get healthy, both mentally, emotionally, and physically. Casey, let's get it started, though. Uh, Where do we go? Thursday night, Dave. So the people got to get through this podcast before they can start the game. So let's go ahead and start it off. the clock. Baltimore Ravens at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. The Ravens are one and a half point favorites. Yeah, and the Ravens uh, sitting there at four and three, and the, the maybe the worst time ever to get Tom Brady, uh, a very very angry Tom Brady. But that didn't work out last week for Brady. But uh, it was um, the Ravens eking out a win last week against the Brownies, and that was a close one. But Lamar, 179 yards total, and 59 of those on the ground. Gus Edwards back on. You know, back from injury, had a decent game, 66 yards rushing, but punched it into the end zone twice. Um, So the big problem here uh, or the big thing that this team has been good at is uh, the giveaway takeaway. They have um, taken away 14 and only given back nine. So that's a plus five in the turnover ratio. So that's a positive looking at these defensive players. They've been maligned a little bit, certainly in the games they've given up those big leads in. But they're sitting at four and three. This is, you know, this defense is seemingly coming together the last handful of weeks. Patrick Queen uh, had a sack last week. Justin Houston, uh, two sacks and a forced fumble last week. So uh, Calais Campbell, a forced fumble last week. So they are collecting big time against the Browns in terms of turnovers. And if they can do that against Tom Brady, they're going to notch another W. Well, like you said, Brady is angry because Tampa's lost two in a row and four out of five. The good wow. news for Buck fan is Tom Brady's only lost three in a row once in his career, and it was over 20 years ago. 
The bad news is they only scored three points last week, and then now without four starters and two backups, dude, it is thin over there. And if you saw it last week, Dave, that loss to Carolina wasn't a fluke, dude. That was an ass whooping. It was terrible no on doubt. both sides of the ball. On offense, two of 12 for third down and less than three yards a carry. And they didn't even score in this game until the fourth quarter when they just got a field goal. On defense, dude, they gave up 173 yards on the ground, but it was 6.4 per carry, dude. That's a bad formula when you're going up against the team that runs football like the Ravens. I don't know what's going to happen. It doesn't feel good. Yeah, no doubt. All right, up next is the Denver Broncos at the Jacksonville Jaguars. Jaguars um are favored here and this one is where what is the location of this one casey is this the wembley stadium or no I, yeah i believe it's wembley okay so they're in wembley it's across it's the a, pond either way it's mate. the shaguars uh home away from home casey and they will be favored uh by three and a half in this one yeah it's crazy these broncos that went from preseason super bowl to contenders to possibly firing their coach and shipping out players like chubb judy and hamler and Woo. maybe melvin gordon too Russ is coming in this one all banged up with a torn hammy, but don't worry, Dave. He was working out on the plane doing those little knee lifts in the in the aisle there. I'm not sure if his tray table was in the upright position, but they're hoping Russ can be. Can he avoid that Jags pass rush and get this offense moving? They've lost four in a row, Dave, but they can sneak out a win here. They can go into their bye hoping to get a little healthy. If not, this Bronco team could look dramatically different post-trade deadline, dude. Oof, uh, I'm curious indeed, Casey. And this Jaguars team uh, coming off a loss last week to the Giants, uh, and it seems like they've been close. Dude, take the field goal, Peterson. Oh, I don't want to go up by seven. I'm going to go ahead and go for it on four. Take the field goal, dude. These stupid analytics are analyzing teams to lose. They're driving you crazy, Casey. But let's talk about the good things. Trevor Lawrence did pass for a season-high 310 yards last week. Etienne really has taken over that role. So that that kind of gave him the, the green light to ship off James Robinson. But he had 114 yards and his first career touchdown last week. They've got some good weapons in Kirk, Marvin Jones, Zay Jones, Evan Ingram. They're spreading the ball around very nicely. Um, and this would be a real good opportunity for them to get right. Although that Denver defense is very, very stingy. So sorry. Um, sorry, England. Sorry. You like touchdowns. <laughs> Preemptive apology. I like it. But hey, they, they're all into kicking and stuff. So there'll probably be a lot of that in this game. Scintillating 3-0 <laughs> score <laughs> from Wembley. All right, Dave, we might get another 3-0 score. But this one's at home. It's the Carolina Panthers. At the Atlanta Falcons, the Falcons are six and a half point favorites in this game. Yeah. And I mean, wow. What about this Panthers team? We, you just mentioned it. They whooped the Buccaneers last week. Steve Wilkes got him turned around with P.J. Walker uh, as the starter. And he's passed for almost 73 percent. It was only 22 uh, passes, but a modest 177 yards, but two touchdowns and zero picks. That's 126.5 rating. They'll take that every game out of P.J. Walker if they can get that. They did a nice job uh, moving the football between the two running backs, though, and dominating in the run game, as you did previously mention uh, as well. Uh, Chuba Hubbard, 63 yards and a touchdown. And then Deontay Foreman, 145 yards from scrimmage. That was his career high there. D.J. Moore with a nice game as well. Two two TDs for Moore. And Tommy Tremble, the tight end, also gets a touchdown. On the other side, um, uh, defensive end Brian Burns gets two sacks. That must feel good getting getting to Brady uh, last week. Or had one sack and a tackle, two tackles for loss, my mistake, but getting one on Brady. 
Nice. Yeah, shockingly, dude, Mariota's keeping these Falcons in the mix for the NFC South, currently tied with the Bucks, who play the Ravens tonight. So these Falcons could be all alone in first place by the end of Sunday with a very favorable schedule wow. on the back end, or it could be in a four-way tie for last place. Um, now, the the uh, Falcons, they won't have Hawkins. We mentioned earlier, not sure if they're going to have A.J. Terrell for this one. But Dave, a fun fact, ATL is 6-1 and one against the spread this season. So bet wisely, my friends. Wow, man. Another who saw that coming deal, right? Right. All right. <laughs> Up next, Chicago Bears at your Dallas Cowboys. The Cowboys, KC, with a whopping 10.5-point favorite. Go ahead and talk about your Cowboys. Yeah, Dave, even though it killed me in Survivor, I'm stoked that the Bears kicked the crap out of the Pats on Monday. That ensures that the Cowboys will have their full attention, dude. They're not going to think, oh, it's just the Bears running into town. Um, right. That's the best I've seen these Bears play since I don't remember the last time. No dude. question. So, it's definitely going to have their um, perk those little ears up. Dak was okay in his first game back from the broken thumb, 19 to 25, 76% uh, completions, TD, no interceptions. That's good. And as a team, three or four in the red zone, the only miss was that Noah Brown fumble inside the five uh, right before halftime. They've been much better in the red zone this season. It was a big problem um, last year. Zeke, we mentioned earlier, might not play in this one. If not, it's lots of Tony Pollard who said, if they call it, I'm a haul it. I love that. He's fired <laughs> up. I worry that about rhymes. Yeah, pass protection for Dak a little bit, but they'll definitely keep another tight end in to make sure Dak doesn't get blasted. On defense, we mentioned the trade for Jonathan Hankins. Um, that should help them against the run, which they're going to need it because the Bears run the damn football. Unfortunately, no Jordan Lewis. Um, the Liz Frank injury, he's done for the season. That's a total bummer, but look for Bossman Fat or Ricky Duran Bland to step up in his place. Don't give these Bears life, Dave. Send him into hibernation early and head into the bye week at 6-2, and two, baby. That's what you got to do. Our Bears come in at 3-4, at and four, and... You know, I'm I was surprised early on that they even notched any wins in the beginning portion of the season the way they were playing. But here they are, three and four, very you know, the, with the season in front of them, so to speak, and coming off by far their most impressive performance, whooping uh, the Patriots on Monday Night Football. And a lot of it, I think, had to do with we knew Justin Fields could run. He's an athlete, obviously, but I think they added some more called runs in this game and I think that really helped a lot you know he's been looking for his first read and then pulling it down and running and that's a good part of his game um, but adding a couple more called runs and really kind of using that and saying okay this is this is how he's going to win for us now and we can develop him later in the pocket he did have um, 261 yards but 82 of them were rush yards and he ended up with two touchdowns Montgomery and Herbert now running the ball pretty well for him as a tandem there uh, it was Montgomery with 62 yards and a touchdown and Herbert with 87 scrimmage yards and a touchdown as well so um, that's the recipe get both of those guys going and get um, keep running the ball with Justin Fields on defense. Roquan Smith is the man. You know, he had, they really had a lot of turnovers. Roquan Smith, uh, an interception last week. Jaquan Brisker, the second round pick uh, rookie, had his first career interception. It was a game changer, I thought, in that game. All right. So uh, the, the Bears are going to need more of the same to get that going. Let's hope they don't get it, Dave. Up next, <laughs> we got the Miami Dolphins at the Detroit Lions, and the Dolphins are three and a half point favorites. Yeah, and the Dolphins coming in at four and three after beating the Steelers. And it, when it, that first game, when that game against the Steelers first started in the first quarter, I thought it was going to be an absolute massacre. But then yeah. the Steelers sort of righted the ship there, and and it was anybody's game. Um, in fact, fact, dude, also in a game like that, 
you're up by six, kick a field goal, go yeah. up by nine. No, we're going for it up for it down. Yeah. Dumb. Dumb. Yeah. I can't imagine the analytics supported that decision at that point in time, Casey. I thought that that one really did seem stupid to me. You're sitting there with a six point lead. Make it a nine point lead. I mean, yeah. come on. You know, uh, Tua, though, back playing pretty good football, certainly early in that game uh, with a touchdown and 260 yards, a nice rating for him. But Mostart running the ball with over 100 yards from scrimmage. Tyreek Hill uh, becomes continuing to be a big time playmaker for them, as well as Jalen Waddle. Both of those guys combined for about 150 yards there. Um, and I don't know if I'm going to say this right, Casey, but Igbignohi with an interception. I'm Close trying. enough. Yeah. yeah. Good job. You tried, <laughs> Dave. That's to what try. matters. <laughs> yeah, I gave it a go. The old college try. Uh, Javon Holland with um, uh, two, uh, the, an interception as well. So they had a lot of turnovers. The Steelers didn't. That's how these Dolphins won this football game. Yeah, and these Lions, man, good news for them is DeAndre Swift has been a full participant. participant. I can't even say participant. Easy I'm not for you to say. It. Yeah, yeah, right? Um, all week in practice. He hasn't played in a month, and they've really missed him. Amon Ra, St. Brown should be back in this one, too. Um, rookie receiver Jameson Williams probably out another month, according to head coach Dan Campbell. But the Lions just got to quit turning the damn ball over, dude. They had five last week, mm. and that's why they've been losing football games. The D is not good, but they were okay against Dallas. Rookie Aiden Hutchinson, dude, had a sack and a half and three quarterback hits. So the real question is, will they be looking at a quarterback at the top of next year's draft? Someone like Byron Young mm -hmm. or a tackle <laughs> quarterback, tackle, tackle or quarterback. <laughs> All right, Casey. Uh, how about um, let's see. What is up next? Arizona uh, Cardinals. At the Minnesota Vikings. Ah, Minnesota Vikings, our favorite at home. Thank you, Casey. By three and a half. Get Let me go on these uh, Cardinals real quick. Cardinals, yeah. Um, I'm going to petition, Dave, the Cards and the NFL to let them wear those all-black uniforms with the black helmets all the time. <laughs> they were totally freaking sweet. No, what else is totally freaking sweet? Scoring 28 first half points, something the Cards have been struggling to do up until last week. Now getting Nuke... Back helped big time. Ten receptions on 14 targets for 103 yards. Oh, did you use him to kill me? Yeah, you did, Dave. But the <laughs> players and coaches said D-Hop's energy was completely infectious. Got the whole team jazzed. That was huge. Yeah. Um, they still need more from the running game. Probably not going to have James Conner back for this one. But Eno Benjamin, he's been solid. I think, though, the lack of production has been from playing from behind so much with these slow first-half starts. If they can continue to get points in the first half, dude, these birds can fly back into the playoff mix. They're one of six, three and four teams in the NFC right now, baby. Flap those wings. <laughs> All right. These Vikings, Casey, coming off their bye previous to that, uh, they beat the Dolphins uh, without Tua or Teddy. Um, and this team is playing some good football under uh, rookie head coach Kevin O'Connell. Uh, he's got Kirk Cousins. And Kirk Cousins always seems to put up good statistics but not get a lot of credit for it. But two touchdowns uh, in week six. Dalvin Cook uh, with a touchdown. Justin Jefferson, obviously one of the best receivers, over 100 yards last, uh, last game. And then Thielen with the TD as well. They got plenty of weapons to put up uh, points. So this should be an exciting football game. No doubt about it. And on the other side, if they want to slow down uh, the Cardinals and uh, keep the running quarterback in check, the Daniil Hunter, Zadarius Smith, Harrison Smith, uh, they've got to get it done. Zadarius Smith coming off a two-sack ball game, though, 
Um, and Daniil Hunter also had a sack last time they were out uh, for some football. So if those guys can get after the quarterback, they can make it pretty difficult for the Cardinals. All right, up next, the Las Vegas Raiders at the New Orleans Saints. And the Raiders are two-and-a-half-point favorites on the road. Dave, talk about your favorite team. <laughs> the Raiders got their season back on track. Uh, and they got up to two-and-four uh, with an uh, impressive win over the Houston Texans um, last week. And that 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 game kind of ended on a, on a on a pick six late. It was a little closer than the final score showed. But credit to the Raiders, uh, a nice high percentage game, almost 78 percent for Carr on 21 of 27 uh, in that game. No picks, 116 quarterback rating. So he's very efficient. But the story, of course, remains Josh Jac- Jacobs playing on that contract year, uh, 143 yards and three touchdowns. That's an incredible performance by Jacobs he's and he's staying healthy and he's a physical violent runner and of course obviously everybody's got to concern themselves with Devontae Adams Uh, he had eight catches 95 yards they are banged up a bit Darren Waller not sure if he's going to be going in this one doesn't look good I don't think Um, also um, Hunter Renfro has been banged up as well so um Good news that Hollins, I think, is the guy, Casey. Yeah, That's Mac been Hollins. really emerging. Yeah, Mac Hollins, second TD uh, of his season last week. And on the other side, Max Crosby, dude. He was on. A, he was trying to get two sacks, three straight games, uh, but he fell off course there. So it looked for him to get back on track, uh, getting after the quarterback uh, for the defense there for the Raiders. They said today Devontae has a case of the sniffles. Will it be enough to keep him out of this game? I don't know. Oh, no. Yeah, well, Jameis Winston for these Saints is healthy, but it looks like the Red Rocket's going to start in Week 8. But unfortunately for Dalton, Mike Thomas, Jarvis Landry, and Adam Troutman have yet to practice this week. Even with all those injuries, Dave, if you ignore the 16 turnovers the offense has had, um, then this defense is still not playing as well as it had to. I know the the turnovers are contributing to it, but the defense is giving up over 28 points a game, and that's brutal. They expected a lot more out of these guys. Um, More bad news for the defense, probably no Lattimore in this game either. Dave, is it too early to say play like Dung for Young? (laughs) I like that, Casey. That's a pretty good one. Alrighty, up next, it is the New England Patriots at the New York Jets. And the Jets are, excuse me, the Patriots on the road are favored by two and a half. Wow, yeah, that's kind of interesting. Yeah, how are the Patriots two and a half point favorites in this one? Uh, Mac is back, okay, after mm-hmm. the little switcheroo on Monday night. The the hoodie, you know, he had his, his finger on the button a little too quick to pull both those cats. But uh, let's see, Mac did look a little slow, but hopefully he's feeling better. Um, the run game is solid, but overall the offense is not... Um, good enough to overcome any poor quarterback play. And unfortunately, on Monday night, they got poor play from both of those quarterbacks. The defense had been good before getting absolutely stomped by those Bears on Monday Night Football. The turnovers had a lot to do with that. But uh, it's this Patriots team is weird. You know, sometimes they look great and sometimes they look like they did on Monday night. Who knows? But they're favorites in this game. Yeah, and how about this Jets team? One of the stories of the season, sitting there at five and two, coming off that uh, win versus Denver. Um, here's an interesting stat, and I don't know if you'd know this or not, or anybody would think this, except you're a hardcore Jet fan. Zach Wilson on the season, one touchdown pass. Well, lighten it up. 
for the five-win team, right? Um, Michael Carter running the ball well last week with 74 yards. They bring in James Robinson to replace the injured Brees Hall. That was a bummer because Brees Hall was really, really exciting. On the other side, talk about exciting. It's Sauce Gardner, the rookie, led teams with uh, led the team with a season-high 10 tackles and three pass defense last week. That's pretty impressive, man. Yeah. And how about LaMarcus Joyner, the safety, uh, gets a pick last week as well. We're going to need more of that. All right, Dave, up next, I mentioned it, the battle for Pennsylvania. It's the Pittsburgh Steelers at the Philadelphia Eagles. And those Eagles are nine-and-a-half-point favorites in this game. You know that Tomlin loves these huge point spreads, Dave. (laughs) Steelers come in at two-and-five, coming off uh, an impressive battle. They were a couple of dropped picks away from upsetting the Dolphins, and that would have been two two wins in a row for them. But they did come up with a loss there, unfortunately. Kenny Pickett is the man there, and he passed the ball for nearly 73% on 44 attempts for 254, uh, 257 yards. rather. Najee Harris, has they have struggled to run the ball, but he did put, uh, pick up 80 yards from scrimmage last week. The impressive situation here, Casey, George Pickens, man. Six catches, yeah. 61 yards, a big-time TD last week. That was very impressive. And let's not forget, Casey, the tight end, Patrick Fryermuth. Patrick Henry Equinemius Fryermuth. Yes. He was inspired by uh, your your extensive name calling, Casey, for eight catches and 75 yards last week. This Steelers team uh, still seems to be hanging on to the chance that they might turn this season around. Uh, probably not against the Eagles this week. I would love to see them get this win, man. But this Eagles team, 6-0, and can match their best franchise start at 7-0. and um, They did that in 2004. Um, coming off the bye week, they're all healthy. Jalen Hurts, um, you know, played pretty well against the Cowboys. Only got a couple, or six, two passing touchdowns, I think, on the season, and six rushing touchdowns. So, wow. Um, they're anointing this guy the MVP. He has played much better. I will give him that. And that run game is awesome. Miles Sanders had um, his fourth touchdown of the season against my Cowboys in week six. But the difference, dude, on offense has been A.J. Brown, man. Just giving this guy a go-to receiver that can yeah. get the dirty stuff in traffic, hands of steel, comes down with everything. That's helped a lot. Um, but this this defense, dude, has been playing pretty good as well. They just added, we mentioned, Robert Quinn into the mix, Hassan Reddick leading the team with four and a half sacks, they have multiple players with multiple interceptions, Dave, um, plus 12 in the turnover ratio. If you can run the ball, wow. get all them damn turnovers, <laughs> that's why these guys are 6-0. and So um, I expect them to handle this game against the Steelers, but I am definitely a Pittsburgh fan on Sunday. <laughs> Up next is the Tennessee Titans at the Houston Texans. Titans on the road favored by three and a half in this one. Yeah, dude, and after starting 0-2, the Titans have won four in a row, a big reason. Mm-hmm. The King is heating up, and that is bad news for a Texans team giving up 165 rushing yards per game. It's going to be like that old Spice commercial a couple years ago. Derrick Henry just running with all those football players <laughs> on his shoulder. That's Can't right. shut him down. Um, and that run game is a good thing because Tannehill still having some issues with that gimpy ankle and doesn't have a complete receiving core. So um, just turn around and hand it to the king, dude. Formula for success. <laughs> and how about the uh, Texans, Casey, trying to put together – uh, what could be another win, but still trying to take a look uh, at 
the quarterback, Davis Mills. They're not putting up enough points. Let's just put it uh, straight up. They are only scoring 17.7 points a game. Uh, the interesting thing, they, they don't get a lot of turnovers, but they haven't, they've actually done a pretty good job of not turning the ball over. And I think that that's why they've been in a lot of close games. But um, Davis Mills last week, 68-plus uh, percent, uh, 302 yards and two touchdowns. That's a nice game, right? And then Damian Pierce, 117 yards from scrimmage last week. So they've got some tools there. Just got to put it together. Uh, Brandon Cooks, Nico Collins, Philip Dorsett, Chris Moore. So they can spread the ball around. They, uh, they just got, you know, they got to be able to protect the football. They've done a good job last week. They threw away an opportunity to beat the Raiders with a crazy late picks, uh, pick six that, that just basically ruined the game there. All right. Up next Dave, the Washington commandos at the Indianapolis Colts. And the Colts, three-and-a-half-point favorites at home. Yes, and we're talking commandos here at three and four coming into this game off of a win against Green Bay, an impressive performance there, right? And they're only averaging – they're not even averaging 18 points a game. So uh, also they are minus five in the turnover ratio. So that's kind of a a haunting uh, stat right there. But Heineke is the guy right now, um, and – He played pretty well, 200 yards passing, two touchdowns, but a pick. Antonio Gibson's running the ball along with Brian Robinson. Both of them getting done there, 77 yards for Gibson and 73 for Robinson. So a nice tandem there. And, of course, scary uh, Terry McLaurin there also getting it done, 73 yards receiving and a touchdown for McLaurin. Uh, not to mention Curtis Samuel putting up a decent game. So the, they have some weapons here if the ma- the Heineke magic can put it together uh, that would give them every right to believe that they can win this football game. Yeah, dude, once had all those turnovers, you eliminate that, and this Washington team looks pretty damn good. But, Dave, we mentioned earlier Sam Ellinger is going to make his first NFL start. I did hate this guy at Texas, even <laughs> though he was 1-4 and four against my Sooners, but that's okay. He did look really good in preseason, like I said. I feel like this could be the Colts uh, quarterback. They're looking to get the right guy who they've been unable to do since the uh, Andrew Luck premature retirement there, which was totally brutal, dude. But the Colts are in the hunt right now, but their schedule does get brutal. Jonathan Taylor has been battling some injuries, but he's not been that bell cow that dominated last year, dude. Only 10 carries last week. And as a team, the Colts are 30th in rushing offense. Now, poor quarterback play might have had uh, something to do with that. And overall for this team struggled. But second round uh, pick Alec Pierce has been pretty nice at receiver. Dude, this is a very winnable game for the Colts. That would put them above 500 and right in the mix. It's going to be Sam I am time, baby. Yeah, this is a winnable game for both of these teams. That's true. All right. I'm next to San Francisco 49ers. Coming to L.A. to host our Rams, Niners on the road, favored by two and a half in this one. Yeah, with the week for Shanahan to tinker, we should see a lot more CMC in this one. Yeah. And this team has been dealing with a ton of injuries. They're starting to get healthy, although Debo's a little banged up. Um, But them getting healthy would be good because... Uh, we've been screaming about how great D'Amico Ryans is. That defense last week gave up 529 yards. Dude. Not only that, Brutal. averaging, giving up over nine yards per play. It's very hard to win like that. Um, overall, though, no one's running away with this division yet, man. Yeah. Uh, the West is right there for the taking. 
and the Niners are 2-0 in the division heading into this game. They get this win. They're heading into a bye week with more time to get McCaffrey involved in this offense, more time to get Debo healthy, and if they can get healthy, they could be lining up for another deep run into the playoffs, dude. Yeah, and let's talk about this Rams team, which is really uh, sort of, I guess, disappointed this year at 3-3, three and three, but they're right in the mix, like you said, in this division, uh, coming off their bye and previous to that, a win against Carolina. Here's the problem, though, 17.3 points a game. Are you kidding me? Wow. That's near the bottom of the league. And then it, it, it all starts with the, the, the lack of continuity on the offensive line. They've had a ton of injuries there. They shifted guys left and right. It seems like a new lineup and a new dude or two into the lineup before each game or during each game. And Stafford has been uh, really taking a beating back there. Six touchdowns and eight interceptions for Stafford on the season. Man. Wow. And they really are, they, they've, had, they've struggled to do anything consistently, whether it's run or pass, but Daryl Henderson did get a touchdown last time they played. It was two weeks ago. And Cooper Cup, the last time these two teams played in week uh, in week four, had 14 catches and 122 yards. It was, un- it was unstoppable in that game. Allen Robinson since has come alive, and Ben Skronik has also kind of been sprinkled in the mix. Higby has been a big participant in that week four meeting. He had 10 catches and 73 yards. It was basically the Cup and Higby show. So, They've this defense has got to come together. There's plenty yeah. of guys there that need to solidify and really make this a better situation. The giveaway takeaway negative five. Okay, Brute. so they've given way too many balls away and haven't gotten them back. So Aaron Donald, Bobby Wagner, Jalen Ramsey, it's kind of on you guys. You gotta you gotta step up your game and and be a, the dominant defense that we know you can be. All right, up next day the New York Football Giants at the Seattle Seahawks. The Seahawks are three-and-a-half-point favorites in this one. But, Dave, the Giants are the first team since the 2016 Detroit Lions to win at least four games when trailing in the fourth quarter through the first seven weeks. Man, you try to kill these gigantes, and you just can't do it. (laughs) Yeah. Also, Giants are the third team ever to have six wins each with a, with a final score of a margin of eight or fewer points in each one. So every single win has been close in the first seven weeks. So they have every single game has been wow. within eight points, all six of their wins. The Dable effect, dude, this team all, would give those wins away last year. Exactly. So they're finding a way to eke out those close, close wins. So, you know, I don't know, can that last? Or will they, will it come like, you know, there'll be a return to the norm or whatever, but last week getting a close win against Jacksonville to get to six and one. I mean, this is one of the stories, if not the story of the season right now, they're only just eking out. Like I said, those victories, they're averaging about two and a half points more than their opponents on the season. And they're just plus three in the giveaway takeaway. Daniel Jones has played some good football. Six touchdowns, just two picks for Jones. So that's pretty impressive right there. And Saquon Barkley has been the key. 5.1 yards rushing for Barkley. 135 yards uh, in week seven for this team. So uh, they got to keep handing it to Barkley and letting him handle his business. Although Daniel Jones had a 300-yard game last week uh, with 107 yards rushing. So getting him... Uh, moving his legs has been very beneficial too. Um, so we'll see if they can put together what they need to. Slayton and Wandale Robinson's the guy who's really emerged as a rookie receiver that's been big time for these guys. 
Yeah, dude, and I keep betting against these Giants, and they keep sizzling me, dude. Yeah, and I was going to take the Seahawks at home in this one, but with the status of DK Metcalf up in the air yeah. and a hobble Tyler Lockett, I'm not sure they can attack these Giants through the air. Marquise Goodwin might be a good fantasy stream or a DFS selection there, but thankfully they have Kenneth Walker the third. He went off for 168 and two TDs last week. Sorry, Dave. The Hawks have won three of four. The G-Man have won four in a row. Something's got to give in the Emerald City, brother. <laughs> Sounds good. Up next, the Green Bay Packers at the Buffalo Bills. And this one is Bills favored by 10 and a half. Wow. When was the last time the Pack was a 10 and a half point dog? Yeah, dude, that's crazy talk, man. And uh, Aaron Rodgers doesn't like it. But is there anyone left for him to throw under the bus? Is he going to call out the cheerleaders? <laughs> yeah, maybe that's why the offense is struggling because he's hurt the shoulder on all them um, throws for that bus. But, Dave, I'm going to start calling A-Rod Leon because Leon keeps <laughs> everything. He's read my dad. First, he looks at himself and says he can't be at flame. <laughs> Starts to look at other people. It's got to be everybody else, you know, but – the way the pack are running the ball is not getting it done. I know Aaron Jones had a huge game last week, but that was mostly through the air. I, the offensive line is banged up, but they got to get it going. The defense really bailed them out last week, had a pick six, should have had a second one that got called back from injury. But Alan Lazard said he's probably not playing this week. So um, hopefully Sammy Watkins can get in this thing. We know they don't have Cobb. Um, uh, Dobbs has got to play better. He's had some yeah. critical drops. These guys are making mistakes at terrible times in the games, I guess there's never a good time for a mistake, but they seem to find the absolute worst time to be making them there. Uh, so maybe he can get it going with Tunyon there. But Dave, only 18 points a game. That's just not going to get it done. Mm-hmm. Putting too much pressure on this defense. They've been okay. Only giving up, you know, a little over 20 a game. But if you're only scoring 18, dude, I'm not a math wizard, but that's a, you know, that's deficient right there. Um, also negative four in the turnover ratio. So, I'm not counting these guys out by any means, but I don't see any reason that they should win this game in Buffalo other that it's been such a crazy season. That's the only thing that wouldn't shock me at the Packers one, but I I don't see it, dude. Yeah, uh, Buffalo Bills coming in at 5-1 and off their bye, well-rested in the previous game, was the game they eked out against the Kansas City Chiefs. uh, And they eked it out with Josh Allen throwing for 320. 29 yards and three touchdowns and 117 quarterback rating. Uh, Casey, Josh Allen approaches the 2000 yard mark for the season and 17 touchdowns and just four picks for a 109 uh, quarterback rating. Good news. Uh, bad news is he's, he's the leading rusher on the team averaging 5.5 yards a carry. And he's got 47 yard uh, rushes on the season. But the good news, Devin Singletary came off, uh, off a game where he ran for 107 yards. So maybe they're finding that running game, but certainly they've got the passing game going with Stefan Diggs coming off a 10 catch, 148 yard touchdown and a touchdown game. Uh, against the chefs there. And then Dawson Knox gets his first touchdown. He's sort of slowly emerging uh, to the guy that we thought was that superstar towards the end of last year, for sure. On the other side, Von Miller has been a huge add. He had two sacks against the Chiefs uh, in that big win. And then to quarterbacks, Teron Johnson and Kair Elam, each grabbing an interception. So uh, a lot of guys contributing all over the place. This Bills team looks to be, if not the best team, certainly one of the best teams in the league. Absolutely. All right, Dave, it's time for some Monday night football, the battle for Ohio, the Cincinnati Bengals 
at the Cleveland Browns. The Bengals, three-and-a-half-point favorites on the road. Dave, Monday night between the Browns and the Bengals, the eighth time since 1970 that the NFL has played a Monday night game on Halloween. Dave, Audible, what's your favorite Halloween candy, bro? <laughs> I would have to be a Twix, man. Twix. Twix. The left, of course, not the right. I appreciate it. <laughs> All right, Casey, talk about these um, uh, Cincinnati Bengals, man. Uh, sitting at four and three after starting the season zero oh and two. I mean, good lord, how you know they let those two in the beginning go, or they'd be really, really out there because they have hit their stride after crushing the Atlanta Falcons last week. Burrow with that absolutely crazy performance, eighty-one percent on forty-two. Wow. Uh, throws for 481 yards. I mean, that's just nuts. Three touchdowns and 138.2 raising. And he also ran for one, too. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. Joe Mixon over 2,000 yards on the season with 15 touchdowns and just five picks for a 102.6 quarterback rating for the year. So he is really, really playing some smoking, uh, some smoking football, dude. And then Mixon also looking pretty strong at the running back position. He had a touchdown in 91 yards last week, but it was all about Jamar Chase, unstoppable last week. And it's a shame that he uh, got that hip injury because eight catches, 130 yards and two touchdowns last week. Such a dynamic player. He makes their their receiving group ridiculously un, unguardable. It's Tyler, Board, a, Tyler Boyd and T. Higgins. Boyd, though, coming off eight catches for 150 155 yards and a touchdown, and, and T. Higgins, who's been sort of the the man, the left out guy, he even had 93 yards last week. Um, unfortunately, on the defensive side, even though Hendrickson did have a sack last week, but he got banged up. He got a sprained neck or something. So hopefully he'll be uh, good to go. Not sure if he's going to be available. Yeah, dude, these Browns used to be everybody's like sympathetic favorite that we'd root for, yep. and all that public sentiment is absolutely out the window. I don't know anybody that is digging the Browns these days, um, me included, but I'll talk about it. I wonder him. why. Yeah, Jacoby. It's not Jacoby's fault, man. Nope. I like Jacoby. Um, yeah. He had uh, 22 out of 27 last week, over 81% completions, 258. Nice. Um, that was pretty good. Um, Nick Chubb, though, is crushing it for these guys. He's yeah. leading the NFL with 740 rushing yards. Dude, 5.9 a carry and eight touchdowns. Those eight TDs are also leading the NFL. Kareem Hunt talked that this guy be, could be potentially traded. I think if we see him active on Monday night, that'll tell us um, if that is just jibber-jabber or that they're really right. talking about moving this guy. Yeah, he um, wants to be traded because he wants yeah. to get paid. Exactly, dude, and he wants that full-time load there. Um, good news for Browns fan, Amari Cooper is at home, so he usually plays better in the home games than he does on the road. Donovan, uh, Donovan People-Jones has been pretty good. Um, they've been banged up on the defensive side of the ball um, with Clowney and Garrett. It's nice bookends there to that pass rush. They've been okay. They've been susceptible to some big-time runs there, too. So maybe that means a lot for Joe Mixon. Um, but this is one of those crazy divisional games. It's Monday night. It's Halloween. There's going to be some great costumes in the crowd. Um, this will be a fun one. Put it on pause. Take the kiddos trick-or-treating. Come yeah. back and watch this thing with a belly full of Skittles, man. <laughs> Battlefield, Ohio, Casey. So many ways you can check out the football dudes. The Trend Zone is available for subscription on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts. Yeah, like us on Instagram and Facebook. Follow us on Twitter, Football Dudes LA. If you are not, you are missing out, my friends. Get over there. Add us and make sure you tag us across all social media platforms. 
or go to footballdudes.com. It's all there for you. That is going to do it for the Trend Zone. We're not the suits that talk football. We're the dudes that know football. For Casey, I'm Dave. We are out of here.